Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acne. I am so excited for today's episode because it is a long-awaited solo episode. It is also the last episode in September. I can't believe how fast that was. It went. So it's technically my birthday episode because if you're listening to this on Sunday the 24th, my birthday's in four days, which is crazy. And we're going to have a lot of fun talking about this sensitive subject, which it seems like a lot of people are talking about. So I hope that you get something from this episode that you haven't received from listening to another episode on this subject because it is a hot topic. And it's a topic that It's not that I've avoided it, but I just didn't think that it was a whole episode, but it can be. And I think the way that we're going to talk about it today, it should be. And kind of what prompted this, although it's been years in the making, was this article on In the Cut and that I'm sure many of you have read. But if you haven't read, it is basically called, what is the exact title of it? Hold on, I'll tell you. Exact title is Can Parents and Childless People Be Friends? And the answer is yes, however, right? Can you be friends with someone who doesn't care about your current life stage? And let's just be blunt because when you don't have kids, you don't really care about people's kids, meaning like you don't want the unsolicited photos of their kids. Of course, you're going to be like, oh my God, so cute. But that's just the truth. And if I'm wrong, please DM me. We can have a very healthy debate about it. But similarly, when you're not pregnant, you don't give a fuck about someone's pregnancy symptoms, about how their pregnancy is going. And again, I'm speaking about myself. I didn't care about pregnancy content before I was pregnant. So I have made a conscious effort to not change my identity on social media, on this podcast to someone who discusses their pregnancy at all times. Because to be frank, I did not care at all about other people's pregnancies when I wasn't pregnant. And, you know, that relates again to planning a wedding, right? I didn't care about my friends who were going through, like, I didn't, not that I didn't care about my friends, sorry. I didn't care about because I didn't understand and didn't know what they were going through when planning their weddings until I started to plan my wedding. So anyway, you see the pattern here. We, What we haven't gone through yet, we don't really care about. Similarly, friends who have kids have told me that they don't really care about their single friends' dating lives. I think this changes. I don't think it's forever, but I'm talking young kids that they are caring for, it is not interesting to them to hear about their friends' dating lives. I think some people are better at it than others and they go out of their way to try to hear about it, right? But it it can fall on deaf ears. So the point is, can people in different life stages be friends? Of course. But are they going to feel as invested in the life stage that each other is in, if it's very different from their own? No. And they could be the best friend in the world, the best, best, best friend. And they could listen, truly listen to everything that you say about your life stage and truly want to be there for you and show up for you. 
but does it affect them in the same way that their friendship with someone who's in the exact stage does and give them the give them what they're getting from that friendship at that moment? Probably not. And that is why friendships ebb and flow. And just because you're not in the same life stage as someone does not mean that your friendship has to end. It can survive. If this is a good friendship, a meaningful friendship, this will survive everything, but it might not thrive in the moments where you are in different pages, on different pages in life, because that is just facts. That's just factual. And again, things can totally change. Meaning like my parents have a little friend group now as adults, as couples. And one of the couples in their group doesn't have kids. And that's not a problem at all for their friendship because they have grown kids who live on their own, are married. So they don't need their friends to have kids and they don't need the commonality of having kids in order to be close with those people. However, they did get close with them once my sister and I were grown enough. Had they met this couple when we were babies, would their friendship have thrived the way that it does now? Probably not. Anyway, that is my little introduction because I just feel really strongly about that. And I'm going to get more into that, meaning like it's not anyone's fault that someone isn't in the same life stage as them, right? It's not a race, obviously. If you're planning a wedding and your friend isn't engaged yet, it's not her fault that she doesn't know what you're going through. It's not. And then you can't be upset two years later when she's planning her wedding and you're onto a different stage in life because, you know, there's, there's nothing you can do about it. It's no one wanted to be in that different stage than you. And I think that is also really important to note. Like if you go through the stage first of whatever stage it is, right. And then, you know, when you're in that stage before your friend, you might be really frustrated. You might think no one knows what I'm going through. I'm really dealing with this alone. I feel like I'm forging this path and I have no support. Well, guess what? That's on you because you went through the thing first. You had the first boyfriend or you had the first wedding or you plan the first bachelorette, whatever it is. Like you can't look at it like, oh my God, woe is me. I'm so sad that I don't have this support. You did it first. So the good part for the people who are doing it after you is that they can now go to you and say, Hey, Delilah, you planned that you planned your wedding. What, what were you going through at the time? I'm going through this right now. And then you can just be of service to those friends. But unfortunately, if you're the first person that goes through the thing, it sucks in, in a lot of ways. And unfortunately you're not going to have the support. Similarly, if you're the last person going through the thing, right? You might also feel that way. If you're the last person getting married, you might say, no one's showing up for me. No one's going as hard as I did for their wedding. And again, that's life is unfair and that stinks. And I'd hope that you have some amazing friends that make it feel special to you regardless, but that's just part of life. So I hope that wasn't depressing because that's just, that's just true. And we have to be independent. And I spoke about this article with my friend who has two kids. And I was like, how did it resonate with you? And she was like, to be honest, I didn't really agree with the perspective of Sasha, who's like the protagonist in the article. She was like, because I don't expect my friends to check in on me and say, how are you? Like I have, she's like, I have my husband, I have my therapist. I have my family. Like it it depends on how you look at friendship. And I think what she was saying is like she's not a needy friend. And that's not to say that like if you if you want your friends to ask how you are, you're needy. No, of course everyone needs different things in friendship, but she's just saying that she wouldn't be offended by friends 
not checking in on her once she had a kid, right? Because what she was going through, she had the support system of her husband, of this, of that. And she was able to actually be empathetic for the person on the other side who let's say doesn't have a partner and is single and is going through something. They don't have the support of a partner in the way that she does. So why sit there with your new baby and your partner saying, why are none of my friends checking in on me when everyone is going through something that to them is a big deal to them is huge. And I think that's just something to, to remember and to think about when you're thinking about, are my friends there for me? Think about, well, what do I need from them? Because if I need someone who's going to check in and say, how are you all the time, then this isn't the friendship for me. Right. And we'll get into that. When to let go of a friendship, when to hold on. But anyway, I just wanted to say that because I personally am fine with a friend, not like I'm similar to my friend who I just told you about. I'm fine with friends not checking in saying, how are you? How are you? I don't need to be checked in on. I just want to see friends like whenever I can. And then we'll talk about each other's lives, but I don't need to be checked in on constantly. And I am the kind of proactive friend where if something is really going on and I need a friend's support, I will communicate to them. That wasn't always the case, right? I have been the friend in the past in my 20s where I felt left out, even called out friends for not inviting me to such and such thing or was a, a definitely needier, but I've found like who I am and my place. And I think as a friend, I've really grown to a place where I don't need coddling in the way that I definitely did in my early 20s when I was a lot more lost. And that has a lot to do with therapy, with my relationship, with closer relationships with my family and, and all of that. But anyway, I keep going off track because I want to start from kind of like the beginning stages of where friendships begin. If you're anything like me, you don't even unsubscribe from chain emails and spam mail. You literally just delete it every time. And that's so bad and so lazy. And it also, you know, bleeds into subscriptions. Like I can't tell you how many paid subscriptions I have that I will get charged for and not even know when I subscribed to half of them. It's insane. And I can't tell you how excited I was when Rocket Money decided to partner with our podcast because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Guys, we are wasting so much money. If you resonated with not deleting like not unsubscribing from emails and not even being aware of how you got on these lists, then I'm positive you have at least one subscription that you shouldn't be paying for. And you need to know this, right? Like I recently discovered I pay for Hulu and my parents pay for Hulu. Why am I using my Hulu? I should be using theirs. I know that's a joke. Not really. But seriously, you could be spending so much on subscriptions that you don't know about. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about. Like, think of how many free trials you subscribe to that you've never canceled. Rocket Money is here to help you to stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash Acme. That's rocketmoney.com slash Acme. Rocketmoney.com slash Acme. It's so funny. This week I posted an ad for Hinge on my Instagram and I mentioned all about their amazing new feature, Dating Intentions. And so many people were like, I wonder if guys will actually be honest. And the truth is probably not. Like, they probably won't be honest. But the point is that you're being honest. So you'll filter out the guys that are F-boys. 
So, I mean, that's all we can really ask for, right? Because Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. Hinge allows you to find great dates through profile features that help you date more intentionally. So this feature, Dating Intentions, makes you able to add what kind of relationship you're looking for on your profile. So you can include life partner, long-term relationship, short-term, and much more. I personally would recommend writing long-term relationship if you're looking for something serious because that's what my friends who are looking for something serious have written and it's done well for them. It leaves way less confusion and way less assumptions and it helps you meet people who are actually on the same page as you, which none of the other apps can really say that they are doing for their customers. So download Hinge and share your dating intentions to find someone worth deleting the app for. And I promise you, you won't regret it because so many of my friends are married from Hinge and it's because they were true to themselves with also making their profile a little funny, which is necessary. So check out Hinge and state your intentions. Okay, we could talk about friendship in lower school and middle school, but we only really have an hour here. So we're going to do what we can and go to high school. Obviously, lower and middle school friendships, catty and everyone's getting bullied and it's disastrous, right? Skipping to high school, friendship in high school, I would say is where like the friend groups kind of form. I know that going to an all girls school in high school and before that for my all of my formative years, I unfortunately knew very well what it was like to either be in a friend group or be excluded from a friend group. And it's not easy. And then friendships in high school are also like very much dependent on where you go to school, like the actual location where you are, right? Because you're kind of just like friends with people who are close to you for the most part and, you know, where you live. And I wouldn't say they're not by choice because there are. And my kind of group in high school was made up of people from different schools in the city that like I had a connection with. We we had like a group that we called each other. It was Clack, which was like a combination of all of our names together, our first names. But I think friendship in high school can also just be really hard because you are your most insecure self in high school, or at least I was. And no one like sugarcoats anything in high school. So you know, like exactly how attractive or not attractive you are. I had friends who were like losing their virginities and having sex, like in like eighth grade and all the boys were like obsessed with them. And that wasn't really my experience. I did have a boyfriend in high school, like a high school sweetheart. So I didn't really have the same experience that a lot of my friends had of like dating different people and and whatever. Anyway, friendship in high school was for the most part easy, right? Like you hung out with the same people, you did the same things, you there was always something going on, there was always a house party, there was always a this, there was always a that. Obviously everyone had different experiences. Some people had like horrible high school friendship experiences. But for the most part, that was my experience. Like I had, I had a high school boyfriend and I had a group of friends and it was all good. Right. And then friendships in high school, they can start to get competitive around like the college application moment. Right. Where, I mean, you're not going to usually go to the same college as your high school friends. And obviously some people do, but that changes things a lot because you're all about to go to a different school and then you need to figure out how to hang on to those friendships while you're in college making all new friends. And some friendships survive that and then some don't survive it as much. But I would say I got lucky in that pretty much all of my friendships in high school survived my college experience. And then we have friendships in college you know, you have another friend group or like social circle. And the truth with these friend groups and what I find different than high school is that with your college friend group, you'll never really be perfectly close to everyone 
equally in the friend group, or maybe it's with all friend groups, right? You're never going to have the exact vibe with every single person, like the same exact connection to every single person in that group that you do with the person that you feel closest to. And that's just true. And like, obviously there's exceptions in that there's always one person in the friend group who's kind of like the glue, who's friends with everyone and you don't know how she does it or he does it. And that happens, right? But I would say for the most part, college is similar to high school and that like differences matter less in college and become more apparent in your mid to late twenties. Because in college, many people aren't working. And I mean like in college, not like in the summers of college, like while you're in school, many people aren't working. They're just in school and you don't know how ambitious or not ambitious they are. You don't know what their goals are in life. You're just there to party and have fun. And that's pretty much what you do, right? You party and you have fun. And at that moment in time, you're all on the same level of how much you want to party and how much you want to have fun because you're in college and you're all doing the same drugs and drinking the same amount. And that's all normal because you're in the bubble that is college, right? That again, not a lot of change. So right now you've your friends from high school and your friends from college. And so far, everything has been peachy, clean, cool, calm, collected friendship. Thumbs up. Cool. Right. And then you graduate. And this is the first time that things get shaken up, that people go different ways, that you start to get your first jobs or not get first jobs, right? Or start to compare yourself to other people, start to have some serious failures, get fired, get dumped, which I'm sure you had gotten dumped before this time or been cheated on or whatever. And the friends were there for you, of course. But this is different because you're in the real world when this stuff happens. And let's be honest, you're still insecure in a lot of ways. You're definitely insecure in your career unless you Mark Zuckerberg in college and you're graduating having, you know, created Facebook. You are very low on the totem pole. You're working the mailroom at, you know, some talent agency or you are a, an assistant. You're an assistant's assistant. You're still maybe even an intern. So you definitely don't have career security yet. You might still be living at home. I mean, again, you just graduated, right? And some parents are paying for kids' apartments. Some parents are saying, hell no, figure it out on your own. Some people are still living with their parents. So that kind of muddies the waters there of friendship. Also, if you're like me, so I live in New York City. I grew up in New York City. I went to school in Boston. So when I came back to New York City after graduating from BU, everyone came from Boston because it was mostly friends from New York, except for my LA friends who went back to LA, everyone moved to New York City. So now I have my home friends from high school, my high school friends, and my college friends all living in one place. So then it's like, well, what do you do then, right? Do you try to make fetch happen and make this like big group of your high school and college friends? And yeah, I did try to do that. And that was kind of disastrous, right? Not disastrous. I mean, a lot of them got along really well, but it wasn't sustainable. Like you can't just have this big group together. So I had to, I would have to choose often between my high school friends and my college friends. And I would often choose my high school friends because not all of their college friends moved to the city. So like, it was almost like they needed me more than my college friends. And because we had everyone from BU now living in the city, if that makes any sense, but it was hard. And like, I would go back and forth and I would try to make it all work and it doesn't all work. Anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on the early days. So your friendships, they do change when you're first graduating. The one thing that I attribute to my friendships blossoming and thriving more than anything is therapy. 
if you don't have a support system who is like indifferent and somebody where you can go to for everything, you're going to end up dumping on that one friend. And that one friend behind your back is going to be like, God, I wish Judy just had a fucking therapist. Like this is really annoying. And let me tell you, a therapist is the best thing that you can do, not just for your friendship, but for yourself. Talkspace makes it so much easier to find a therapist that you like. They make it easier to meet your therapist because you do it online and they make it easier to actually communicate with your therapist when it's convenient for you, not just for the therapist. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. You don't have to commute to appointments. You don't have to miss time at work line up childcare in order to attend the sessions. It's mental health care made easy. And therapy really can help you shift your perspective, find tools to cope in difficult times and be a guiding light for you like it's been for me. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash Acme. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Acme to get $80 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Acme. We all know that we have that one friend that we can totally talk about masturbation with and another friend that we wouldn't dare preach that subject in a million bajillion years. But I feel very lucky because I can talk about it with most of my friends. And I'm always telling them that Dipsy is the move, especially when you're traveling or you're away from your significant other or your significant other is just like not in the mood as much as you're in the mood. If you haven't heard of Dipsy, they have all types of oral pleasures to explore. Oral like your ears, not what you were thinking of, but actually they have that too. If you're into that, they bring scenarios to life with soundscapes and realistic characters because it's an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. And trust me, you want to hear these stories. They also have wellness sessions, sleep stories, and sexy stories that you can read depending on, you know, how you like to get off. So let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of the show, Dipsy's offer an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Acme. That's dipsystories.com slash Acme. Start sleeping better and also just being in a better mood because you're prioritizing your me time with dipsystories.com slash Acme. Then your friendships when people start getting into relationships and pairing off and how that feels, right? Like you might now have friends who are dating people from college still and they might not break up. In fact, they might get married in five years time, right? And so that's hard because you're like, we just moved back to the city. We are all going out. We're going to the club. We're in our early 20s. We're hanging out with older guys. We're 21, 22. We're hanging out with 26-year-olds, which at the time were old to us, which is hilarious looking back. And you're like, this friend is with her college boyfriend still. Like, that's not going to work for me. So you might distance from these people. And this in your early 20s is where it's, I would say, harder for the person in the relationship than it is for the single friend, because the single friend has the crew of like other single friends and we're all going out. We're having fun. And this is when the single friends can be toxic to the people in a happy relationship, because then, and I've been this friend who said this, you can be like, Oh, I miss when you were single. Like it was so much fun when you were single to the person in the happy relationship, therefore leading them to question if they should be in this relationship at this time or be single, having fun with their friends. And so that's tough for the people in the relationship, right? Simultaneously jobs, Jobs are being had. 
and friends are either blooming in their careers or truly failing and not knowing what the hell they want to do. I was one of those friends who was kind of flailing. I wouldn't say failing, but I was flailing. And I think I had gotten fired at 23 from a job in the music industry. I had no idea what I was doing. And then I had some friends who were thriving, like some friends thriving in in real estate, some friends thriving in their travel careers, in their finance careers. And that's when discrepancies begin, right? One friend might make a lot more money than another friend. If you start at Goldman Sachs, you might have a starting salary of like $200,000, whereas your other friends are being paid the minimum wage of like 40,000, which is what I was being paid for like the first three years of my career. So then things start to differ based on how people are doing and diverging professionally and like socioeconomically. And you might not be able to go to that big group dinner at that nicer restaurant because you can't keep up with your friends who are making a lot more than you. So that's when those things start to change. And that might level out because your friend, like, let's say I'm that friend, might end up finding her passion, which I did before the podcast for social media. I ended up starting my own company at 25, doing social for brands and and finally really making money. But until then, that friend just hates work and like complains about work and what if you love work? And that's like the first difference in friendship is your professional ambitions and what you are striving towards or not. And if you hate your job and you're someone that complains about your job every day versus someone else who's found their niche, which I will say is so rare to have found your niche in your early twenties, but some people do. And that's hard because most people don't. So that's like the first friendship hurdle that you kind of have to get through. And after we go through these stages, we'll talk about more of the more of the nitty gritty. Oh, that is my alarm. So that means I only have two more minutes and then I have to hop on a call and then we'll be back to finish this. The next hurdle is friendship when friends start to get married. So this is when your priorities shift, right? Let's say we're talking 26 at this point. We're all 26 in this moment in our lives. And the priorities between your friends and your partner are shifting, meaning before you're 26. And again, I'm just generalizing based on New York City. If you live in the South or somewhere where people get married younger, you're probably thinking 26, your priorities should have shifted at 23. But In the city, let's say, right, we prioritize our friends first and foremost until things get more serious, which usually happens the earliest, I would say, in New York City around 26. Okay. And this is where, like, there's a real difference in how you like to spend your time, like a difference in partying. And the difference in partying thing is very real because some friends, a lot of friends are still single and like in their phase of wanting to go out and meet people. And so they're okay with going out a lot. And then the friends that have now paired off into relationships where maybe they're, you know, starting to get married are have different priorities. And again, it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning where it's no one's fault that anyone's in these different stages in life, but it's there. It's the elephant in the room. And This is when like the friends who've been married get it, but the friends who don't, don't get it. So they're like, why is this girl obsessed with her wedding? It's so weird. And then when it's their time to get married, they're like, why doesn't anyone care about my wedding that I'm so obsessed with? It's so weird. Anyway, that will happen. And then like, there's other things like, okay, so you're paired off now. And let's say you're someone who really prioritizes your female friendships, but your male partner doesn't prioritize his male friendships. And this happens a lot. And this is like a hard thing because that's what's common. Like men don't care about friendship like often in the same way that women do. And sometimes it's reverse. It's not always the case, 
but most men don't like not all men. I literally, my, my brother-in-law is on a trip with his friends, like all the time. He thrives with his friends. They are so freaking close. It's adorable. But my husband, like he sees his friends when he sees his friends. And for the most part, he's not, he's, he's group chatting with his friends like all day, but he's not going like on friend trips anymore. I mean, I'd love for him to, but he's just, He's and he's not like planning dinners with his friends ahead of time. Like they're texting the day of like you free man, like when I have plans. But that's hard when not everyone's paired off and you're feeling like this pull between like staying with your partner and being with your friends when they don't have the same priorities. So that's hard. My suggestion is to find a partner who either thrives on their own and doesn't make you feel bad about it or has just as many friends as you do, but it's hard. And then like going back to everyone's getting married, friends who don't go to your wedding and then friends who don't invite you to theirs, friends you don't include in your bridal party and like maybe you regret not including. And that's when it's like goes back to my space where you have to like rate all your friends in the top eight. That's really hard. And the friends who don't go to your wedding, it's hard for it not to be something that affects you. We had two couples who didn't go to our wedding, one of which I was a bridesmaid in her wedding. She got married early, like when she was 26. And I went to all the things. I went to her bachelorette. I went to her bridal shower, like flew to a different state for it. And then when it was time for my wedding, she had a like a one-year-old. And I I, I don't want to say it was COVID because it was not COVID. It was COVID was like over, but there was still COVID concerns and her priorities had shifted and she wasn't able to prioritize coming to my wedding. And so she didn't come and I didn't have a shower. So she wasn't coming to that. Not that I think that she would have flown there. And my bachelorette was in the city. And again, she lives in a different state. She didn't come in for that. And I think that unfortunately she had the excuse of, well, I have a one-year-old and we're not traveling a lot because of COVID, whatever excuse it was. And I'm not saying that none of that was legit because I'm sure that it was, but of course my feelings were hurt. I mean, we weren't like as close as we had been when I was a bridesmaid in her wedding, but still your feelings get hurt. And that does shift friendships. I mean, like to this day, Stephen hasn't even met her and her husband and who are like a big part of my life. And so that will change your friendship for sure. We had another friend who more or less told us that she wasn't able to prioritize our wedding because she had other weddings that were more important that they wanted to spend their money on essentially. And that definitely changed our friendship a bit. And that's just a fact. And that doesn't mean that I'm like this perfect person who has never bailed on a wedding. I recently had to bow out from a friend's, a good friend's wedding because it it was in a place where there's altitude and I was nervous about altitude sickness and being pregnant and, and whatever. I hope that doesn't affect our friendship. I don't think it will. She's so understanding. And I do feel like this is like a more legitimate thing to say because she knows how much I would have wanted to be there. But things change and and people's situations change. And I think this is like, of course, the ambitions and the pairing off it affects. But then it's like the weddings are a big deal, whether people pretend they are or not you do look around at your wedding and you're like, these are the people who really wanted to be there for us. Especially if your wedding's a destination wedding. You're like, if you made it here, we can make it anywhere as friends, right? If you are looking for a good bonding activity with one of your friends and you want to be on the same page, feeling like you're on the same stage, you should try something new together. And maybe that should be Sakara. Because now Sakara has an all new science backed quiz, which can help you and your friend discover which of their plant rich nutrition programs and wellness products are right for you. So maybe it's their granola is the best thing ever for you. Or maybe it's their 
you know, bars that you can be eating during the day or just their um, breakfasts. And maybe maybe it's the cacao chip and almond waffles. You don't know unless you take the quiz, which is less than five minutes of your life. So you should really check it out. If you want increased mental and physical performance, enhanced digestive health and metabolic efficiency, it is just one step away by taking this quiz and checking out Saqqara for the first time because you can look and feel the way you've always wanted to and thrive in your friendships and beyond. Saqqara delivers science-backed plant-rich nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. Their organic ready-to-eat meals are nutritional and designed to help you optimize your well-being with results you can see and feel from digestive wellness and ease bloat to enhanced metabolic health, energy, and safe weight management. And right now our listeners are getting 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash Acme or enter code Acme at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash Acme for 20% off of your first order. Sakara.com slash Acme. Feel it for yourself. And so that's hard. And then of course, like the bridesmaids thing, This is why people who don't have bridesmaids are so lucky because they don't have these situations. But like I regretted not including certain friends in my bridesmaids. And luckily our friendships have been lifelong and we were fine after that. And it didn't affect us. But like you definitely think about, you have to think about these things in those moments. And it's, and it's really hard. And then like, the, the big one, right? When friends, friendship, when friends start having babies or dealing with real life issues like parents being sick, because believe it or not, I know I don't want to accept it, but our parents are getting older. They're not spring chickens anymore. So friends with parents getting sick, I have a lot, unfortunately, in that position right now. And then this one sounds stupid, but it's a real thing. Friends getting dogs. Okay. Dogs can be just as much of a difference in your friendship as friends who have kids based on how they go about the dog. Like I have my best friend got a dog and I know she's going to listen to this and she's going to laugh. But like that dog is her life. Like we had a girl's weekend and she brought the dog and she's lucky that I love her to death. But that dog was a little fucker and he peed on my rug and he barked. And it's like, I'm not going to understand it because I don't have a dog, but it's hard. And like, I know other friends who have dogs, like will make plans. They don't want to leave the dog for too long. So they'll make all their plans around the dog. That shit is real. So those three things, I would say the friends having babies, dealing with illnesses, like serious stuff like that, right. Dealing with IVF, fertility stuff, real life, issues that is hard. And that's why, like, again, I don't need the, how are you every day? But if I know that a friend is going through something, that's my opportunity to show them I'm there for them as a friend. And I'm not always going to know that they're going through something again, just how I said, like, I have to reach out to tell someone that I'm going through something. And then once I have, they come and they check on you. But You can't sit there assuming someone's a bad friend. Oh my God, they haven't reached out. God forbid my uncle's sick. They haven't even said anything. Well, they don't know your uncle's sick because they're dealing with their crazy job where they're the CFO. They're running around. They are trying to maintain their relationship, which may be hard and whatever it is. So you have to vocalize what you need from your friends when you are an adult. You have to do that. And the worst thing you could do is sit in your and stew in your resentments when nobody knows what's going on with you. Like nobody knows. And I really wanted to understand this a little bit. So I spoke to a friend of mine who has two kids. She lives on the West Coast. And I was like, how has it been pre having kids versus post having kids? with your friendships, because this article came out and I'm curious what you have to say. And I'll summarize what she said. She basically said it's multi-layered. 
Having children is such a significant life change within your interpersonal relationships with your partner or whoever you're having kids with. Even if you have kids alone, children bring up so many different things and friends have different responses to having children. And for her, it brought up a lot of things from her own childhood that she had to address as an adult, things that might have happened to her that shouldn't have happened to her. And it really separates you or brings you together with others. So for example, in her case, like there's a before kids and there's an after kids. And in the after kids, you resonate a lot more with people who are having a shared experience. So like a new mom who is also dealing with things that come up from her childhood is someone that you probably want to talk to as often as possible. Whereas your single friend, you might have less in common with. And you can sit there and be like, okay, I'm super envious of my my single friend, because she's made, she's gotten so much closer with this girl that we were friends with in high school that I kind of always wanted to be close with, but I wasn't close with because they're in the same stage as life. Well, guess what? She might be thinking Lindsay is so close with her mom friend, her new mom friends that I don't know any of these girls. And, and I, so there's always something to be thinking about, like something, someone else is always going through a different situation. I think it can be really hard when friends are sending you pictures of their child all the time, you're not sending them pictures of you having sex with people like partying all the time. So that can be hard. I know that again, people do it with the dogs too. Like it's the same thing. And like, I'd be lying if I was like, I want these pictures. No, I do. I think they're so cute. Of course. But like, I'm going to make a concerted effort not to randomly spam my friends with pictures of my kids unless they want to join the family shared album. That's one thing. But I think to just like send a a picture of your kid to someone, it's it's a lot, you know, and it, it doesn't happen on the other end, like on the opposite end. I'm not sending a picture of Steven and I every time someone sends me a picture of their kid because that's my life stage, right? I'm married. I mean, I guess I'm expecting, but but it can be hard. Like friends who don't leave their houses and apartments once they have a baby and they expect you to come to them technically is on the quote unquote childless friend to make it easier and be more flexible with the friend who is a parent. But the parent should make an effort too. like all my friends who are parents, they do for the most, not all of them. There are some that don't leave their house and I have no idea what we're going to be like. So respect, but you know, my friends who, who do make that effort, it, it is so much more appreciated. And of course it has to do with childcare, right? Like the friends that are able to get out or the friends who can afford a babysitter, who can afford this, who can afford that. Not everyone is on the same socioeconomic level. And that goes back to what we were talking about before. Some people are the only people that are caring for their kids. And then also the socioeconomic thing comes back when it comes to like, people who are stay-at-home moms or choose to be stay-at-home moms versus like have to be stay-at-home moms. And they might have maybe at one point been like a very ambitious person and they've decided that their ambition is to be a mom now, which is still ambitious, just in a different way. And maybe you don't connect with them on the level of hustle, right? And then it's like, okay, now we're going to go over when can you confront a friend when you can't confront a friend, when you should walk away from a friendship, what to remember in friendship, how to handle being the single friend, ways to make friends later in life, and what to remember bottom line about friendship. So when you can confront a friend, I think that you can confront a friend when it's a close friend. And this close friend is noticeably distant or standoffish. And you are genuinely concerned about if it has to do with your friendship or if it's something that they're going through. And I did this. I did this with a friend of mine and I worked with my therapist on like crafting something. And I said something along the lines of like, hi, like it wasn't an attack. It should never be an attack. It was me being vulnerable and being like, hi, I love you so much. I am saying this from a place of just like, like appreciation for our friendship. I forgot exactly how I said, I wish I still had the text. I asked her if she had it, but she doesn't. I was like, I'm saying this, like, I really appreciate our friendship and I 
have felt recently that you've been, we haven't been talking as much. It wasn't like a, you have done this, you have done that. No, I stayed away from that. I was like, I could tell that we haven't been talking as much as we had previously. And I just want to check in and see if you're still feeling close. And if it was like, I think I gave her the opportunity to bow out of the friendship. Basically, I was like, and if you feel like it's more of like something that we're growing apart, like I totally understand that. And luckily, this is a friend that I could say that to and who would truly say to me like, yeah, we we are in a growing apart moment, but like we'll circle back, you know, and I gave her like I opened the door for her to be like, yeah, I just don't feel like we're we have a lot in common right now and blah, blah, blah. And the truth was that she was really depressed and she was like, I'm actually feeling really depressed. I'm going on medication and I feel like I'm like, I just haven't been making an effort with anyone. Like it's not a you thing. And I think I needed to hear that. And I needed to know that I should be the one checking in on her because she was going through something. And in that case, I'm really happy I said something because I was so in my head about, is this about me? And most of the time, it's not about you. Okay, another opportunity where you can confront a friend, but this is very touch and go, and it depends on the friend because you know if your friend is too sensitive to handle this or if your friend can handle tough love and needs it is when a friend is literally doing everything wrong when it comes to dating and expecting a different result. And you see it and you're aware of it and you're like, okay, girl, like you got to stop chasing after the guys or you should listen to We Men and Acme, the rules episode. You can maybe confront a friend in that way. Maybe. Depends on the friend. When you cannot confront a friend, okay? When it's clear that you're growing apart and like this isn't a close friend, like you just got to let nature run its course. If you were going to be friends, you were going to be friends. When you don't approve of their partner, unless they ask, when you are feeling left out and you heard me say that I did this and I did it, I would do it all the time in my 20s. Like this was like when Instagram was like really starting to be a thing and everyone was like posting everything all the time. I think it was before stories, honestly, but like you still knew when people were hanging out and I would be like, I honestly don't even remember what I would say because it's so cringe looking back, but I would call friends out for not including me in certain things. Like I expected to be included in everything, which is the worst kind of friend to have is the friend who expects to be included in everything because all friendships are different and not everyone needs to be at everything. And there's maybe a reason that you weren't included. And maybe it has nothing to do with how that friend feels about you. Or maybe they just didn't think about you at all. And guess what? That's okay. Right. So don't confront a friend when you feel left out, just try to work yourself into things or get new friends who don't make you feel left out. But when I was saying that all the time, it was in situations where I didn't need to be included. Like I don't have to be at every hang. It's not, it's not the end of the world. And also like, if you really want to do it, like sometimes I'll do it to this day, but my friends and I have this joke because we all, this is like my college friends who I do feel like in general, I'm more direct with because I feel like, I don't know, college makes you a little tougher and like you can handle that because those friendships are newer. They're not new now. College was 10 years ago, but then they were newer where you could like confront better than like a high school friend or whatever. Anyway, so we were all in Berlin on like a spring break trip and it was like our group of friends. And at the time I was a really picky eater and all of the girls wanted to go to a Vietnamese restaurant and I didn't eat Vietnamese food. Like I was just literally the kid that like only ate chicken fingers and everyone wanted to go, but my one friend stayed back with me and we like did something else. And our friends got back and I was like, so, and I was being completely serious, not funny at all. I was like, so did you have fun at your little Vietnamese restaurant? And 
everyone just like burst out laughing. And now that's like the thing we say when we're feeling left out. And I, 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 you should adapt this if you can, because it's really funny. Anytime I see like three of my friends who it's usually the four of us like doing something, I'll like comment on their photo or like say to them, like in a text, like, hope you had fun at like your little Vietnamese restaurant. And like, we all think it's funny and we laugh and truly there's no resentment because I said like that I knew that they were hanging out without me and they laughed and they, you know, and it's like, we do it to each other. Like, like my friend will be like, how was Vietnam last night? Like when we're all hanging out and he's not there, you know, it's just a thing. Like, it's just a thing that we say and you have to just humor. Humor is the way to keep your friendships going always. And then we have on confronting a friend. So a lot of you guys wanted me to talk about my friend Tinks's fatal friend flaw theory, which I think is an amazing theory. Tinks, if you're listening, genius, literally you should write a book on just this theory because it's so fucking good. And you should win a Nobel Peace Prize for this theory because every friend has a fatal flaw. And no one really knows what their own is. I mean, I think mine is probably like needing to be in control of everything. Like I need to drive when we're in the car or I need to. And, and I'm not really good at like when plans change on a moment's notice. I don't know. I probably have a bunch more fatal friend flaws that I don't know about. But everyone has something like maybe someone is really flaky or maybe someone is like out to lunch in their own world. And maybe another friend is like obsessed with her dog, whatever it is. It's like you accept this friend in spite of, and therefore you cannot complain about it. You cannot bring it up. If you think a friend is really self-absorbed, guess what? You've chosen to be their friend despite this. So you cannot go around blabbing about how self-absorbed Josephine is. If you yourself accepted this and decided to continue being friends with them. So we accept these things about our friends. I love that theory. I think it's very true. And I think it's true in relationships too. You think your partner is perfect? Absolutely not. They have a flaw. We all have flaws. When you should walk away from a friendship, here are some of the signs. You don't ever feel good around this friend. Like when you're with this friend, you are your lowest self. You guys are only, let's say, talking shit. Like you are only being negative in a negative space. You egg each other on to like be shitty. That's when you should walk away. They drain your battery. My best friendships, when I am with them, like we are just bubbling into the, like we just were vibing. Like we just like, it's, you know, the feeling it's, it's like that TikTok. Like when you're with your best friend and all your problems go away temporarily, that's how it should feel. Like I don't want to look at my phone when I'm having a really good time on like a friend date. If they're condescending and they make you feel dumb, that's not a friend you need in your life. That's not, that's not good for you. If you're the only one making the effort and granted this one has caveats, like if they're going through something that you don't know they're going through, they're depressed or they're having a really tough pregnancy or whatever, like you can be the one to reach out more. But if it's always, always the case, reevaluate. If you're writing down things to talk to this person about because your dinner is coming up that night and like dinner one-on-one is not super enjoyable, like we don't have time for that. We don't have fucking time for that. I barely have time to go to dinner with my best friend. I'm not going to dinner with somebody that I have to conduct and be a maestro of the conversation. Otherwise it wouldn't happen. That sucks. And when it's like a competitive friendship, I'm so lucky I don't have any of these, but I'm like, who's looking better? Who's looking hotter? Who? I hate that. Like I, I would walk away from that shit in a second. What to remember in friendship. Mostly it ebbs and flows. Like we discussed when you are in the same stage of life as somebody, and this mostly will happen with everyone in your life, your friendship will soar. It will thrive. And then when you're not, it won't be as successful in that moment. It won't be as easy and effortless, but I promise you it will flow again. And, and if it's a good friendship, you should hold on to that. What else to remember in friendship? Your friends need different things. Like I explained with my conversation, we don't 
you know, my friend who I was talking to and I, we don't need our friends to check in on us and say, how are you? But another friend might be really sensitive if you don't ask them how they are. So you got to know what your friends need. You got to remember how to keep friendships alive when you have less energy and time to give. So someone had written in and they were like, it seems like you have so many friends. How do you maintain them? And truly it's by checking in when I know it's important for me to check in, not checking in all the time, but checking in. Like I have a friend who's getting married in a week and I'm checking in on her more than other friends because she's getting married in a week. Like I'm making sure that she's feeling good about everything and whatever. Like there's a time and a place for every friend. Like I have another friend whose dad had surgery. So I'm going to check in how's her dad, but a friend who I don't know is maybe going through something at that time. Maybe I'll let that simmer for a little while. Or I, a, a thing that actually really helps me with friends is like, I will send a friend like, I don't know, a dress and be like, should, should I order this for so-and-so's wedding? And it's like a little thing like that just keeps the, keeps the fire going. Or like I'll send a friend a TikTok. It doesn't always have to be a whole full-fledged conversation. You don't have to talk to someone every day. Like some people don't, be, like it's hard to talk to your partner every day. You don't have to talk to your friends every day to have that friendship be so strong and be so important. And also you won't always agree in friendship, right? Like you won't always agree on politics. You won't always agree on COVID. You won't always agree on just things. Like you won't always agree on how you both feel about another girl that you're both friends with. Like you won't always agree. So remember that in friendship and don't expect to always agree. Don't expect to parent the same way as your friend. Don't expect to have the same view on if you want to have kids, how many kids you want. Just don't project your views onto this friend because that's not what friendship is. Friendship is having maybe different views and discussing them and how to handle being the single friend. Like what not to do is to complain about it all the time and attack your friends when there's a couple's thing that you're not invited to as a single friend. And I know you're like, well, easy for her to say, but I'm telling you, it is easy to do. I, one of my best friends was single until she was 27. I know that's not like, it doesn't make her old by any means, but she was single for that entire time period of our twenties. It's seven years of our twenties. And she learned to be very self-sufficient and she swallowed her pride and she was able to be around her friends while they were in relationships. She was able to come out to dinner with multiple of my boyfriends and I like being the third wheel happily having no qualms about it because she loved her life and she loved her career and she never once felt bad for herself. And then she found the most amazing guy and they're married. And like, Obviously that gets harder as you get older. You know, you're the single friend at 32 could be very different from being the single friend at 27, but the more you let it define you and like have people worry about you, the more it's going to be an actual thing versus like you just thriving in this time in your life, knowing that it's temporary, right? Knowing how amazing you are ways to make friends later in life couple ways through significant others, right? Through work, through whatever stage you are at in life. So motherhood friends, maybe you're sober, you have sober friends, like-minded event friends. Maybe you went to, we met at camp and I have those new camp friends, fertility friends, like people who, people you get introduced to if you're going through a fertility struggle or if you're freezing your eggs, there's all those like support groups and things like that. Friends of friends. I can't tell you how many friends I've made on friends of mine's bachelorettes that I didn't even really know them before that. And then we went on a bachelorette and we became friends or we attended a wedding, like a destination wedding by the end of the weekend, I'm best friends with someone I didn't even know before. And then remember, like, it's not a failure. If a friendship ends, it means it served its time. Well, it really, it does. And then going back to staying close with each friend, like it's different for each friend. Some I know to make one-on-one time with others. I can see in a group, Some aren't planners, some are planners. And you need to remember again, what's going on in their lives and check in on them. And sometimes you won't. And that's okay because we need to be kind to our friends and give them the grace and support in any stage of life. And that is the bottom line. So keep that in mind. 
know your friends and what they need in your friendship. It's the same in relationships. You can say, here's what I expect from you. Let me know what you expect from me or what your expectations are as a friend, whatever. It's never cringe to go back and ask your friend how you can support them better. I guarantee they will appreciate it. If this friend is single, if this friend is married, if this friend has a kid, if this friend is married with no kids, whatever it is, everyone would appreciate somebody asking how they can feel supported more. Everyone would. And if someone doesn't want to feel supported more, they'll tell you, they'll be like, I feel super supported. I'm actually really good. And friendship is an amazing, amazing thing. Your friends, it's just, it's such a special, special bond. And to be able to have that is, is priceless. So, and all kinds of different friendships, because you get something from each one. All friends have different functions and everyone is so different. And so never compare your friendship to someone else's friendship because you are you. And I hate to be so cheesy, but that really is your superpower is you, your friend might be getting closer with someone else, but they're not you. And that friend will always come back to you as long as you're not treating them like they're in a relationship with you. Cause that's also something to remember is friendship is optional and you want your friend to choose you. You don't want to harass them into being your friend. You don't want to corner them into taking a trip with you or doing things with you. You want them to want to do those things. So keep that in mind. And I hope this was helpful. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.